Okay, so uh, before we get started, just a uh, quick note. Um, this episode's real late. Um, <clears throat> we're doing Napoleon, as the title says, and um, we actually reviewed, uh, we already did the show like a week late anyway. So we recorded last Monday, it's now Sunday. Um, I've had an insane work week. Uh, then was out with work people on Thursday night, so Friday off does incredibly hungover and then uh we got covid in the house so it's been a pretty uh intense period of time uh so apologies for the lateness but um we'll be back on more even keel next week we've got um well have we confirmed uh wonka managed to see wonka before anybody was symptomatic uh so that was good um uh may december uh, which uh, I know I've watched, and, and Mark and Becky said they're going to, and uh, the Netflix film Leave the World Behind. So uh got a packed show next week. Maybe not as packed this week, but um, yeah. So, yeah, just apologies. No, this one's real late, but life. So here you go. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome to episode 518 of uh, Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Foster, And... Ian Loring, hello. And yeah, yeah, we are. We're recording on Monday. We don't normally record on a Monday, but due to work and... I don't like it. I don't like it. It's weird. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's... I mean, it's December. Things always get a little bit crazy in December. Um, we what we're reviewing? We're reviewing Napoleon, the 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 latest Ridley Scott epic. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a fun one. This one, um, the film that came out two weeks ago, and no one cares anymore. So this will probably be our lowest rated episode in a while. It, it, it's it's it, yes. <laughs> until it comes out on on Apple TV when it'll spike back up. Um, yeah. So yes, well, we, that's what we got. We've got some, what we've been watching, some trailers, some other bits. Uh, we do have some questions uh, and bits and bats. Yes, we're a punting good podcast. Go listen to our friend's shows. You know who they are. Go listen to them. They're great. Um, and yeah, and that that's about it for, for the preamble I'm going to go for there. Um yeah, fuck it, let's go. What's been happening in the, the, the movie news, Ian? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I've noticed that the Dune uh, marketing has stepped up like a motherfucker these past few days. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Um, Florence Pugh got hit by something on stage at a thing over the weekend. Oh. Um, like somebody threw something at her. Uh, which was fucking weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, beyond that, I don't know what 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 else has been happening. Um, I'm not sure. It's been a it's been a bit quiet, hasn't it? Because of the whole. It, I think everyone expected a lot to happen post strikes ending, and then it's kind of like all has gone. It's fucking Christmas though, mates. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's there's been a lot of. A lot of that. Um, I think if there's anything that's stood out in the in movie news, yeah, I don't, I, you know, because it's been Thanksgiving. I mean, yeah, 
I don't know, Jonathan Majors' trial started, so let's see how that goes. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's going to be interesting to see how that goes for the whole, you know, him being the central villain of the MCU at the moment. Sorry. Someone's at the door, I can still hear. Yeah, no, and it's like, he's a little bit like, the MCU just can't catch a break right now. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so there's, there's that going on. But yeah, he does seem like the... The, the usual, I think this probably usually happens around Christmas before we get like the ramp up for the award season film start start bellowing out and start hitting everything and everywhere. Yeah. The big one is obviously the Wonka premiere, I think, is this week, isn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah, but. I don't know, I just. I still don't get that. Who's been crying out for another. Wonka movie. Like, we've got two. One of them's good, one of them's shit. Why do we need another one? I think the idea is that, the pl- that, that they're constantly... Because there's a bit of a gap in the in the family entertainment film market that was left, you know, for quite some time hmm. by the, the Harry Potter movies that everyone thought, oh, the Fantastic Beast movies will fill those. And then nobody cared. And so there needs to be something that can kind of be there. So if every like other year we've got a, a Paddington and a Wonka, a Wonka, maybe they can they can have that for a little bit. Do you think it's because they're they're shit, or do you think it's because like Harry Potter appealed to kids because it was kids, mm. like, and obviously, what's his face? Oh, the one that looks like he's gonna cry all the time. No idea. That plays new in it. Oh, Eddie River. That's it. Um, he's not he's not a kid so like yeah there's still magical shit happening but I think the reason that kids liked Potter was because it was like my god they're just like me but magical I just think that that it, it, it was you, you were trying to squeeze too much out of it mm. you know you had the big crescendo a little bit like like what's happened with the MCU you had the big crescendo of the you know the culmination of the, the Harry Potter story to mm. then go, look what was going on over there as well. Like, I don't know shit. <laughs> yeah, fair. Because I think what's happened uh, a little bit with that. It, it, I, it's going to be interesting to see how Wonka goes. Like, the fact that it's a hidden musical is going to be interesting to see people's reactions. But yeah. it's um, it, apparently it's good. You know, there's, I've seen a couple of negative reviews, but it seems to have landed well. I'll be seeing it with an incredible hangover on Friday morning. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I think and I'm supposed to be doing karaoke on Thursday night as well. I wonder if uh, they've got any songs from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory that I could perform. <laughs> In tribute. Yeah, just do like one of the Umpa Lumpa songs. Um don't want to get that idea in my head, so that's going to back away now. Um, you cheer up, Charlie. Yeah, no, no, I'd rather do no. I don't. Want, I want to do an Oompa Loompa song. It's. I'm. I'm looking forward to Wonka. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm. I am ready to kind of just have. Just. I'm ready to just have something that is fun. Fair. And a bit of a what looks like it's going to be a bit of a a bit of a silly hug of a movie. <laughs> and I'm kind of into that. We got, An- 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 we got Aquaman the, the week after. Oh, fucking hell. 
which which still just seems. Or is it the week after that? A little bit late. Just like, like no one cares. <laughs> just, 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 just don't. You've missed your window now. Yeah, yeah, very much so. It's like, does it? Oh uh, no, it's, it it's not the week matter? after. It must be the week <laughs> after that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, right. Fuck yeah, we're zipping through this motherfucker. Um, trailers. There has been a few, hasn't there? Uh yes, yes there has. Um, uh, I'm all I'm all sixes and sevens, guys. Today I don't Monday recordings really fuck me up. Uh, um, so Godzilla X Kong: The New Empire. What what even is this? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really. Why why is Kong got like a bionic arm? I don't know. Is it part of the same series of movies or is it a new one? No, it's the same series. Adam Wingard's directed this one as well. I am so... I think there might have been, like, two of these movies that I haven't seen or I've missed one in the middle. I don't know anymore. I genuinely could not care less. Like, I'll probably watch it and I cannot care less. Have you watched the trailer? Yeah. I, I, I turned out of exit at one point and went, do you have a fucking clue what's going on here? Because I don't. What, what's, who are they fighting? Are they fighting together? Where, where are they? Are they fighting against each other? I don't know. All I know is I watched it and went, oh, Dad Stevens. That's cool. Yeah. But then I was thinking, wait, has he been in another one that I've missed? I, don't I can't know. remember... I can't. Brian Tyree Henry was in the last one and he's in this one, but I don't see any Millie Bob- Bobby Brown. Was she I the think last one or was um, she the one before that? No, she was in the last one, but I, I think they've done a Millie Bob- Bobby Brown-ectomy, which uh, will make the patient healthier. Yes. Um, <laughs> she is insufferable. <laughs> she is a bit of a tit, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Godzilla XCOM. Uh, go on then. Don't know what it is. Don't know what it's about. Yeah. Not going to catch up with the other ones. Just going to go in with a sense of who's that guy. Yeah. I mean, there's big monsters. That's, you know, that's what you want. Uh, Night Swim, trailer two. The haunted swimming pool movie. I didn't see I didn't see the second trailer because I'm I'm worried that I'm gonna um just spoil it for myself. Uh, I need I need now I know it's about a haunted swimming pool, that's all I need to know. My only concern about this is there was a lot of stuff that wasn't in the swimming pool, but it is still about a haunted swimming pool. Yeah. I have a feeling that, that I, I'm worried there might be too many layers to this and I just want a haunted swimming pool film. Fair. Hmm. I mean, it looks creepy enough. It's about haunted swimming pool. I'll yeah. watch it. <laughs> I'm saving the biggie to last uh, here. The Book of Clarence. This looks really interesting. I feel. It it does. It does. It, 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 fuck it, it's two and a quarter hours long. The thing is, the harder they fall was extremely fucking average. The, it, and this... The, <laughs> yeah. So Godzilla X Kong, sorry, just to go back. On IMDb it says plot kept under wraps. Because no one knows what it's about. Yeah. Uh, yeah right, so my, my issue with this is um, it, it commits the crime, the current crime that really annoys me in trailers. 
Please don't say it's using modern music over no. an old film. No, because it, no, 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 I don't expect from. them to use <laughs> biblical time music. That's fine. <laughs> right. So I'm all right with one. that. But from visionary director, and then it says the name, and I go, oh, but what has he directed? I, I can't think. And it is, it's, it's just the harder they fall, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. It, you know, that's a good point. It's not visionary. Is oh, it? that's that one, isn't it? I really want to watch that, actually. I I just don't know really want to. You can give it a go. It just... It, 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 it's fine. It's it's not the sum of its parts If is the harder they fall. If the harder they fall was an hour and 45 minutes long, I would have watched it by now. The fact that it's two hours 20, I'm looking at it and going... Do I need to watch that? Shall I watch that one on my own? You can do, yeah. yeah. I just don't know if I need to watch a two hour twenty movie that looks like it is very much style over substance. And the Book of Clarence, I feel like that's an interesting premise for a film. Mm. Will it sustain itself? Yeah. That that's it. I, I'm intrigued by uh, the Book of Clarence. I will watch it, but I'm I, I'm also of the opinion of. I'm going to watch this and I'm probably going to get bored about halfway through it. It also, the fact that it comes out in January is basically going to miss all awards cut-offs mm. feels like an admission of something already as well. Yeah. It does a little bit. But let's let yeah, let let's see. It just the harder they fall was just a very 3 out of 5 film. Yeah. And shouldn't have been. It, it, it kind of so, came and went, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it opened LFF. Yeah, you, that's and I, I went to... Yeah. yeah, I went to the satellite screening that they did. And, like, you know, having to sit through, like, half an hour of interviews before the fucking film started. And then, I swear, it just fucking farted in an elevator yeah. in terms of the pop, the pop culture effect. But now he's a visionary director. Yes. Yeah. A visionary director of I, a visionary director who has directed one Netflix film. Yeah, I, I'm. Do you know what? I'm going to be a visionary toilet visitor. <laughs> it, but that's it. It's just it, 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 anything can be called visionary now. Yeah, but but I mean, like, and a lot of the time it is kind of like, yeah, all right. Do you know what? Fair enough. They stick it on like Denny Villeneuve, Guillermo del Toro, like even Zack Snyder. Yeah, like I, I don't like they they've got something yeah. with if, this it, it yeah when it says visionary um di- if it said visionary director george miller i'd be like yeah go on then <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah i'd be like that you know the guy directed babe that's a fucking visionary that motherfucker yeah happy feet but you know you can see that it's actually a film that i am actually really looking forward to and i, and I probably shouldn't be well go on poor things yeah, I, I kind of was and wasn't, and then this trailer's made me go, oh, it's like Oh, that. did this trailer clip for you? Yeah, yeah. All right, fair enough. It, it's all just been a bit like, eh, mm. on the last ones for me. Like, I'll watch it because it looks intriguing, but I'm not super hyped. But, yeah, it looks fun. Yeah. It just looks a bit mad. <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of up for a bit mad. 
I really don't. Yeah, vibe. I'm looking forward to both really really things. Vibe with Emma Stone Sorry. with the dark hair, though. It do you not? Me out. What else do we have? Oh, we saw a an extended trailer for Anyone But You at the cinema, didn't we? Yes. Uh, I, I am. That film looks like it's going to be an absolute treat. Yeah, yeah. Now that it's actually got a proper, like I've got a proper trailer reference in my mind, I'm like, ah, oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, that film. Yeah, I'm very much. I am up for the the return of the rom com. And it's got that that chap in it that you like. It does have Glenn Powell in it, being incredibly Glenn Powell-y. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and and that Sydney Sweeney is quite a dish, isn't she? Let's be honest. A dish. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fair play. Bringing that back. <laughs> <laughs> Any more before we go for the big one? Oh. Leave the, mm-hmm. leave the world behind the final trailer, which was basically just the same as the last two trailers that I watched. I didn't notice anything different. And it just looks real low energy. Real low energy, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'll watch it this weekend. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I, I think it's... I, I'm kind of... I'm up for it. But it's just the trailer. It's just so... Oh. There you go. Mm. Um, right, Furiosa and Mad Max Saga. <laughs> it looks great, this, doesn't it? What do you reckon? Looks alright. I don't. I don't think it's a very good trailer, and I think it's also maybe a trailer that is designed to be in front of Wonka, and so it's not allowed to be as bonkers, too extra. Yeah. Um, and I. Uh, I mean, it, I'm sure it's going to be great. The, 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 this trailer did nothing for me. And uh, apparently that's enough to get cancelled on um, Twitter at the moment. I think a lot of people have been quite critical of the trailer on Twitter, actually, at the moment. I think it's you're either one side or the other. There's no there's no middle ground on it. Well, as there never is on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's I, I, I'm, I'm just up for a new Mad Max film. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, just, just go on, Georgie boy. Give us, give us what you got. Um, but yeah, it does. This, I, I think we've just. There's clearly just. Let's just put a lot of explosions out there. <laughs> yeah. Let's just put a lot of explosions in it, and have people go, ooh, a lot in the cinema. Yeah. And then let's go. Because when's it actually out? May. Furiosa. Furiosa film. Uh, let's have a look. Yeah, May, May 24th. I shall be doing the, the review of that on the show while visiting Lake Garda. Looking forward to that. Nice. Yes. I just think it's bonkers the fact that the guy who directed that is 78 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. You know, fucking just go on then and it's it's what eight years after Fury Road nine years after Fury Road uh, 2014 yeah yeah or 15 yeah yeah. yeah. God, it's getting on isn't it Max content though because it's just like it doesn't have to kind yeah. of it doesn't have to fit and it doesn't have to like it, it's always just going to work when somebody asked him where does it fit in the timeline of Mad Max and he went, what timeline? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that. 
and they were doing sorts of walking on. Where's it fit anyway? And he just went, oh, in the wasteland, time has no meaning. <laughs> it's just, he just, he doesn't care. He's just had an idea and gone, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. And I am very much looking forward to rewatching Fury Road. Yeah, actually, same. I think it's been too long since I watched that. Because mm. every time I watch it, every time I, I, I get away from it and I go, yeah, it, it's very good. And then I watch it and go, this is just fucking great. <laughs> Any more for any more? Good. Nope. Right. Uh, let's go then. So, I'm going to find out what IMDB says about Napoleon. Because that could be quite fun. Mm. Uh, Napoleon. So, directed by Ridley Scott, starring Joaquin Phoenix, Vanessa Kirby, Tara Rahim, Rupert Everett, of course, is in there. Um, Paul Rees, other people. There's other people in it as well. Uh, an epic that details the Czech, the Czechoslovak rise and fall of French Emperor Napoleon Bonaparte and his relentless journey to power through the prism of his addictive, volatile relationship with his wife Josephine. Kinda, I suppose, yeah. Yep. Ian, what did you think to yep. all 157 minutes of Napoleon? Can barely remember a fucking thing about it, bud. <laughs> so that says quite a lot. Really made an impression. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I mean, yeah, it was all right. Um, I feel like that director's cut really, really could do a number if it, it felt like it was on fast forward um i didn't really get the central relationship where you know it kind of feels like she's controlling things until suddenly she's really not um and it, it, yeah battle scenes good you know ridley scott can stage a battle scene but yeah i was just left afterwards going yeah and, um, and I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. You like, you know how much I was looking forward yeah, to it. Like, I think the marketing for, yeah, the marketing for it's been fantastic. And it was, it was fine. It was fine. I kind of feel like you need to reserve judgment for that four hour cut. There's also a part of me that's like, fuck me, four hours. Like, I'm not jonesing for it, despite the fact that I know it will be better. Um, but yeah, like I say, guys. I mean, like it's been over a week since I've seen it. I don't remember all that much about it at this point. So I'm hoping you guys saw it more recently. Becky, what did you think to Napoleon? I didn't care for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just shit. It's just really shit. It's like it's like some kind of Monty Python version of Napoleon. Like it's farcical. But then it's not, because then there's just, like, really quite horrifically graphic violence. Oh, that horsey got fucked I, up. If, I, that if, was if I'd been rough. watching that on my own, I would have walked out at that point. Mm. Just don't need to see that shit. I, I don't mind, you know, Marie Antoinette gets her head chopped off, like, a couple of scenes before that, and they're holding her head up. Don't care. It's fine. I don't care about violence against humans in movies, but violence against animals... It, it, it does seem like 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 that is that is like a, it's a thing, isn't it? Mm. That is out there that you can do whatever you want to a person in a movie, 
but like a horse and people are like whoa if that had been a dog yeah. the film wouldn't exist well there's quite a lot of dogs in this movie and like every time anyone was any one of them was near anything battle related I was like don't fuck up the dog Ridley because I will I will leave I'll go sit in the car and wait for him um, wait Ridley you <laughs> I'll go um, yeah uh, yeah, so you've got like this farce, then you've got the violence, then you've got it tr- trying to be serious at points and like tell a story, but then it descends back into farce. It's just all over the place. It's it's just fucking shit. The acting's shit in it. Joaquin Phoenix is awful in this movie. Just mumbling his way through shit. Just essentially playing Joaquin Phoenix Don's a Napoleon Bonaparte costume. He's just awful. Napoleon himself, dis- despite being like quite widely regarded as as a fairly intelligent military leader, he's just portrayed as being a bumbling fucking fool. It's fucking stupid. I, I think you're forgetting he has a special move though. Oh, cannons. Cannons. And the... oh, I thought it was going to be crawling under a table making noises. Oh god, and oh god, the least least sexy like love scenes I've ever seen I don't think they were supposed to be committed to, to celluloid what no but like when he's trying to be like seductive and stuff and it's again like, I don't think it's supposed to be, no, no, I don't think you, oh, I, don't, no, I, know. I don't think you're supposed but to have like, women there going god yeah <laughs> I just he's really he's really sort of dropped off for me Joaquin Phoenix anything he's done recently and like seeing any interviews or red carpet shit with him he's just he just seems thoroughly unpleasant it, it does seem pretty fucking insufferable mm. that's fair to say so what else there is there's an element I think of just just cutting on that a little bit with the whole because he is he is he doesn't like the red carpet bits and stuff like that and he's, he's never liked any of that but there is a point now where you're kind of like just don't then yeah just like just like just you're, you're... don't don't just go there and be a twat. Yeah, or, or accept it as part of the job. Right, this, this, that, that is the thing for me. All right, getting papped like wherever you go, it's and you're like, if you're with your kids, and getting like, fine, absolutely no. You have obligations. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm going to relate it back to F1 for a second. Apologies, but those those drivers are very good at going. I want to race and I'm getting paid to race and I know that a good chunk of my job is going to be doing marketing shit for the team. You know, and like they they acknowledge that. Joaquin Phoenix is getting paid a lot of fucking money to do do, do this stuff. Rock up to a bloody premiere. And just it's not it's not going to hurt you. It's one night and play just play nice. Yeah. You know, play play the game a little bit. Mm. You know, it's a free night out in a nice hotel. Oh, but he'd rather be miserable at home with his miserable fucking wife, wouldn't he? Because they're both they're both insufferable. To be fair, she's more insufferable now that she's with him. I can't remember the last thing she did. To be fair, no. Um, but yeah, just just all round crap. To be honest, and long, and it 
fucking feels long as well. Mm-hmm. Like that's fair. You don't like zip by because nothing really fucking happens. And saying like, like the battle scenes, uh, I, I can kind of, I can kind of get where you're coming from with the battle scenes, Ian. But like, by the end, it's just like, all oh, right, okay, so they're all gonna line up facing each other, and they're gonna walk together, walk towards each other with bayonets out. Then there's gonna be a bit of shooting, and then, oh my god, he's got cannons. Okay, cool. Did no one else think to bring a cannon? I mean, the Duke of Waterloo went, Ah, checkmate, Mr. Napoleon. We have them too. It's just... It's just so fucking pointless, this movie. The thing is... I begrudge the time that I spent watching this movie and I will not be watching the four-hour cut. The thing despite is, the fact that it may well be loads better. Might make some fucking sense. Might tell some kind of story. But I don't care, because I'm not giving it any more of my time. The thing is, I am looking forward to the, the four-hour cut. because You're an idiot. Because it, I think it's either... it Because the four-hour cut must make it pick a lane. Because I agree with what both said, that it, it's just a little bit detached and all over the place. Yeah. At points it does seem quite farcical, but I enjoyed the farcical version of it. I would have enjoyed it more if it was all that. Yeah. I enjoyed the... Sorry. I enjoyed the, the, the more farcical side of it. I enjoyed the fact that that when, um, when, when they were basically having to get a divorce because... Uh, because it was the best thing for France. The fact that she was just kind of laughing about it was was quite amusing. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, uh, I gotta say that's a hell of a way to take a paternity test. Yeah, <laughs> it's just there was bits like that, like it, like his mum basically setting up <laughs> to see if he was infertile, and him going, "Can I have another drink, please?" <laughs> the, the funny bits, the, like when it when it leaned into that kind of area, it was it was all right. It was quite fun, and then it'd get really self serious again, or blow up a horse. Like it blew up a horse once. Yeah, it was horse. That I don't think I'll ever get over. It, I will. I'm lying. It it's a f- it is. Oh, Ellie, both you're right. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, sorry. It's a film made by a director who just knows I don't, don't care I'm going to make this if people like it great if they don't never mind what's that um, oh got this has, lo- has mummy seen that has mummy seen that she just bloody <laughs> Amazon she just bought it Amazon just delivered a Christmas present I bought for Donna like without any bloody packaging oh uh, did you see it <laughs> Yeah, she opened the door. Oh, no. That's a bit... That's not cool. No, it's not. Do you want an early Christmas present, Don? Sorry? Is it something you'd find useful? Yeah? Okay. What was it? USB powered coffee mug warmer. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a bit, that's a bit off though, Amazon sending that at this time of year without packaging. I'm really pissed off. I think you should have right. the right to be on that one. 
Anyway. Um, yeah, so... The problem is the battle scenes were very competent and they're a bit like that, but when it came up and he pointed at his big map at Waterloo, my brain just went, oh, fucking hell, we've got to do Waterloo now. Fucking hell. And I just, I I was kind of like, I was done with it. And there's an awful, there's, there's far too many scenes of just Napoleon and Josephine sat next to each other, looking at each other, not fucking saying anything. And I actually went, is it just that the script was shit? <laughs> or, or, or what? Like, what is in this four hour cut? Because yeah. if it's, because they're there, if it's things that make it more coherent or more like, oh, this is the, this is the tone of the film. Why aren't they in the film and other bits are taken out? Yeah, yeah. It just... Ridley Scott literally started making this just after The Last Duel and then literally straight after this started making Gladiator Part 2. And there's a point where you're looking at it going... Because he started making Last Duel just after he'd made House of Gucci. And is there a point where he just isn't quite as focused? Because it feels unfocused, this film. Mm. It was just... It it just... It's on... It's on fast forward. Yeah, it is, and, and you know, I, I, I actually like um, Whacking Phoenix as a performer, but he, he does seem like he is just kind of just tired and mumbling a lot, and you don't you don't get any sense of of sort of who Napoleon is in any way no. at all. He doesn't even come across as that egocentric or when they say oh he's just got bad manners I was like well I didn't even seem that rude he just seemed a bit angry <laughs> I think like he's supposed to just be quite sort of coarse isn't he but for, he like, didn't come across like that no. that much it's just for a film that is about Napoleon he and, it, and he's in literally every single scene mm. I was just going the only bit you're getting off him is is in the letters that he that he wrote to Josephine. Yeah. And with those, you kind of watch it going. That that is the bulk of the dialogue. Is that? Mm. Mm. It it just. If the whole thing is that look, these guys were all fucking idiots. The only reason why we know who they are is because of because of they got to the positions they were in. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they deserved to be there. They were just fucking idiots. That's fine, but the film doesn't even seem to want to do that. But it also doesn't want to seem to pay a single compliment to Napoleon either about anything, other than the fact that he knows where to put a cannon. Yeah. He's very good at that, though. He is, yeah. It's like, there must have been more to it. <laughs> they're just, they're just, they're like, I can in there. I'd like to watch a, a movie about Napoleon actually made by the French rather than no, made I, by... I wouldn't. I, 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 it was for context, though. No, but I got about halfway through and thought, is he even that interesting? Well, yeah, probably. I just don't think in a movie is. that actually tells a story about him rather than just 
there's a possibility that, this was. that there's just so much bollocks around it all that the actual, anywhere near the actual fucking truth of it all is impossible. I mean, there was, there's literally a bit where it, at one point he's in Egypt and so he's like, ah, fucking hell. I need to go back to France. And then literally, like, seconds later, like, almost almost like, like he got a flight. Yeah. <laughs> he's in France. Shit. Like, he yeah. got back real fucking easy and quick. Yeah. It's just... I don't know, I... I I actually think this might be a bit shit, but I but the minute the fucking four hour cut drops, I'm gonna watch it <laughs> because I'm really intrigued by it. Yeah. Yeah. You do you. I will. Also, Vanessa Kirby's great. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, great. yeah. I think she really she brings some life to the piece. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's. she's her character, I actually get her character. Her character makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I can see where she's where she's coming from with it. I can see her her motives throughout it all. But yeah, but they do they do appear to at one point be setting up some kind of like fucking Lady Macbethism from it. Yeah, yeah, where she's gonna orchestrate things yeah. in the background. And then it was it was it was like they just like nah, I'm not gonna go there. I just, look, I'm just looking at my letterbox review, and I said it was very, very funny, and I can't remember anything that was funny. There is some funny bits in it. There is like some just generally funny bits in it. It, it's just it's like I say, it's been getting on for a week and a half since I watched it. It's just evaporated, which says something, obviously. Yeah, because there's, there's not that much to, to it. There's, the thing is, there's no there's no oh, standout me, scene that you go, all right, that that was fucking great. Mm. But there are bits where you go, I mean, that one very good. Mm. Oh, that just felt a little bit like the the battle on the ice thing was good. Yeah. But then it just showed too much. You know, a shot where they're falling through the ice from the, from under the water. It is interesting, it's good. And then showing it again is still interesting and good. Then showing it again is a bit like, alright. And then showing it again is a bit like, Jesus fucking Christ, is this why this movie's two hours forty? And then showing it again, you're going, we get it. We fucking get it. <laughs> and then, do you know what they do? They show it again. And it just it just keeps going to the point where you're going, I'm bored of this now. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's the problem, is... I still maintain if it would be if if the, the the best way they could have saved this movie is if when the Battle of Waterloo started we got a full blown orchestral version of Waterloo <laughs> just fucking deadly serious that, that, that was just going and I would have just stand up stood up and gone right this is what you were after Ridley <laughs> well fucking played but no we didn't get that but we did get him running away from people. With his hat falling off a lot. Mm. There's value in that. Yeah, there is value in that. That was great. I enjoyed that. But 35 minutes of him stood looking at things. And you're going, what's he looking at? 
genuinely, I opened the open the four and, four and a bit hour cut that there's like a twenty minute sequence of them putting up his palace tent. <laughs> I probably will be. <laughs> I hope there is. Uh, yeah, I, so where are we on it, guys? I hated it. <laughs> it's shit. Hey, look, I, I, definitely not shit for me. It's just a really unenthusiastic, definitely not shit. The thing is, it won't even be on my disappointments for the, for the end of the year because it looked shit from the start. So at, at least I wasn't disappointed, but... I, I am slightly surprised by how bad it is. I just thought it was going to be quite dry. I didn't think it was going to be like as muddled as it is. I'm touching cloth in the sense that I enjoyed it enough while I was watching it. It's way too long. Mm. for It's way too long to not be as interesting you as it is. You want to watch the, the longer one? But yeah. But, uh, but, like I say, day one, I will watch the four-hour cut on Apple TV. You're an idiot. Probably, yeah. Probably I'm an idiot. Uh, our audience poll was... Let's have a little look. One second, open it. Once my phone starts working. Uh, Ooh. Definitely not shit 38%. Touching cloth, 38%. And shit, 23%. Yeah. Fair. Fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. That's very, that's very mixed. Yeah. Um, what have you been up to, Ian? Okay. Um, so, I'd, I'll, do a, I'll do a bit. And then I'll um, hand over to you guys. Like, just because uh, I, I feel like... I've not got like a massive amount, but there's some stuff I could. I'm probably going to go long-ish on. Nice. Um, Okie dokie. So, um, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? Uh, so I rewatched *The Star Is Born*, um, and uh, first time since I'm in a dog. And the bit at the end where he makes the dog a steak for the dog before he kills himself kind of destroyed me, as did the fact that I learnt that that was Bradley Cooper's actual dog. Is it? Um, yeah. Um, that's fucking rough. I know that the, 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 as the, such. the, the um, his place that he has, that is, that is what is it? Hmm. He's one of Bradley Cooper's houses. All right. Yeah. It, yeah, uh, that 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 film is pretty fucking transcendent. Yeah, um, frankly, um, it still really, really, really hits. Um, yeah, can't believe it's like five years old already. It's wild, bonkers, isn't um, it? That that's five years old. It, what what is going to be so mad about that film is that. That in like another 10, 15 years' time, um, somebody's gonna have to kind of look at it and go, Wait, so hang on a minute, Rami Malik won Best Actor <laughs> over yeah. Bradley Cooper, and Green Book won Best Picture over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Star is Born was done dirty by those Oscars. I think it came out too early. I think if that yeah. thing came out November, December, as opposed to like September, October, it would have ruled yeah. awards season 
handily. Yeah, I think I think but, that's spot on right there, actually, yeah. Such as it is. So, A Star is Born. And um, we'll do a full review of Maestro around, like, Christmas period, yeah? Yeah, yeah absolutely, definitely, yeah. 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 Okay, so I'll I'll, gi- I'll give some thoughts now. Um, I don't think it's going to take a rewatch like like it did for the killer for me, thankfully. Um, so this is Bradley Cooper's blank check. Um, Netflix were like like everybody passed on it except for Netflix, and even they were just like, "We trust you." Yeah. Um. So two hours ten minutes, not egregiously long. No, that's not that long. Um. No. Um. Biopic of Leonard Bernstein. Um, who it, it, it's it's interesting because it it very quickly becomes not ne- not necessarily about the music. Uh, it's about his ambition, and then what drives him to be personally satisfied. He's a bisexual guy who has a very long relationship with Carrie Mulligan while also wanting to enjoy the pleasures of, of those around him. And he's a bit of a prick. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to get you guys takes on it. Cause I feel like the film leans into that a bit until it doesn't. Mm. And then it really doesn't. But at the same time, that's the point where Carrie Mulligan just kind of takes the film and runs away with it for forty-five minutes. Um, well, she's she's top build, I think, isn't she? Yeah, and that's the thing. For a good long while, it's like that's interesting. Um, but then, much like with Lady Gaga and A Star Is Born, he gives the film to her mm. for a good chunk of time. It, you know, I won't spoil what happens in it because, like, yes, okay, it's real life, but I didn't know it. Um, but Carrie Mulligan gets a really, really good chunk of time where it's all about her and, and, and like, with, you know, with some medical stuff that happens, but also the impact of his just fucking around with guys. And her finally having enough of, of that shit. Um, and she's great. The makeup as well is fucking awesome. Like the transition through the decades, yeah. which is also represented by the, the shooting style and the aspect ratio of the film. Um, it Yeah, it's very good. It's, it is indulgent, despite the fact the runtime's not that hardcore. There's a section towards the end where it must be five minutes uninterrupted of Bradley Cooper conducting an orchestra, um, which is good to see. But it also comes at a point in the story where it I felt like the narrative suddenly skipped a little bit. And it's like, oh, right. So th- this this is just this is happening, is it? Oh, OK, fine. And I could have done with a bit more of Mulligan and Cooper at that point. Yeah. Um, it, it, it almost leans into the the wrong bits. But there's... It, it's interesting. I was listening to the Director's Cut podcast and Cooper was talking with Todd Phillips about the film. It's a good, good, good conversation. And 
Cooper's talking about how much he like likes fun scene transitions. And there's some fucking worldies where it like, you know, it's like Cooper and Mulligan kind of in the first rows of love, like running places and it's kind of like top down and then they go through a door and suddenly they're in a completely different place. And just this like really cool, you're actually thinking about what the audience is seeing here. That's visually very stimulating. But then at times there'll be like these really long takes. Like there's this conversation that Mother Gun and Cooper have at one point where it's filmed like pretty fucking far away in their garden. Mm. And they just take up like the centre of the screen and the rest of it is their garden. It's like, that's interesting. It, it's it's Cooper really planting his flag of like, yeah, I'm a I'm a director. I can do some interesting shit here. Um and you know, the film's produced produced by Steven Spielberg and Martin Scorsese. Yeah. You know, like it's some real heavy hitter shit there. And he you know, he's he's made it his own. One thing I will say that what is a bit distracting, he decides to score it with all Leonard Bernstein music. All right, and I'm like I'm I'm not like a, a, a massive follower of his work, but there's one bit where the kind of like the do 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 music in West Side Stories playing, yeah, and it's just a bit like okay, I. And again, he actually referenced it in the, in the podcast and he explained the intent behind it. But in the moment, it's just like that's a fucking weird choice, <laughs> like for for what you, you you're seeing. Um, so look, yeah, I it 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 didn't speak to me personally nearly nearly as much as A Star Is Born did, but it's still a very 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 good bit of work. Um, and and yeah, I might take another crack at it. I don't think it would get to like top 10 of the year territory for me, if I'm absolutely honest. Um, I, I don't think so anyway, but I, I think the year overall has been weaker than last year. Um, and I'm not seeing too much that's convincing me otherwise. And I feel like I've only got a few heavy hitters left. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I, but I, it's I, very I good. There. I think, I mean, we got like to halfway through the year last year and we're going, there's some, there's there's some like pretty much locks. I will be surprised if he died in my top ten of the years already. It was it was a worldy year last year. That's the thing. Yeah, it, yeah. And this year, and I, I you know I really enjoyed it, but I'm pretty much convinced that um, that the uh, turtles movie is going to be in my top ten of the year. <laughs> I could see it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I could see it myself. The thing is, though, with that, like, I, I feel, know we're, we're I, deviating I, a little bit there, but. Yes, it's a Turtles movie, but it's innovatively done. No, but that's it. It, it, it. It's really good. But if you'd have said to me at the start of the year yeah, yeah. that one of your, you know, one of the, one of your, if you said to me at the start of year one of your most enjoyable films you'll watch this year will be the Turtles movie, yeah. I would have gone, yeah, I can see that. And then it said, oh, and also it, it will probably, it will almost certainly be in your top ten, maybe even top five of the year. Mm. I'd have been a bit like, all right, cool, but thinking, shit, what, what's it, what's it kept off? You know, there's a new Scorsese, a new Fincher, a new... I'm going to struggle with top ten this year. I'm going to struggle to find ten. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I that that's the thing. It's like, 
most years, my top ten is all films that I, I have rated five stars. I definitely don't have ten five-star films this year. No way. I think I might not even have five. Yeah, me neither. So, but there's a lot of very enjoyable 4.5s. Yes. So, um, but, uh, so yeah, Maestro, very good. We'll talk about it more in the next few weeks. But it it's not necessarily a disappointment. It's just it comes after a star is born. So, you know, that that's a, yeah. that's a fucking... That's one of the highest bars you'll get for me. Um, okay, so uh, also speaking of five star films, rewatched uh, Oppenheimer. Um, Oppenheimer, good. What can I say? You know, we'll talk about it more in a few weeks' time. Yes. Um, it is a very powerful film and a bit of a fucking miracle, and I'm very glad I was wrong. It, you know, it, it, when I when I thought it wasn't going to do very well, I'm very very glad it did. It's not my favourite Nolan, but it's probably his best film. I can, yeah, I, I can probably. I think I, I could probably see the, the argument for that. Yeah, it's not my favourite Nolan, but it, 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 in terms of just an achievement, it's something. Yeah, yeah. Um, how many else have we got? I got one, two, three, four, five, six. I've got six more. Um, are we are we actually going to like full review Anatomy of a Fall at any point? Um, otherwise, I might just talk about it's it now. Right now. We can get back to it again if we want Yeah, to. okay, fine. So this is uh, directed by Justine Trier. I believe her name is. Uh, won the Palm Door. Um, yeah, it was good. <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit. I don't quite see where what, what all the fuss is about. Um, you know, um, man found dead, apparently fallen out of window. Uh, wife suspected of doing it, did she? For two and a half hours. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, there's a lot. French court system seems kind of fucking nuts. Um, that was interesting. There's a deeper meaning about what the truth means to you and how you accept things and how you interpret things, which is interesting. But yeah, I, 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 it, it was all right, you know, um, it, it, it's a courtroom drama. I, 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 Sandra Hula is very good in the in the lead role. Um, yeah, there's twists and turns and whatnot, and you you know you don't quite know what way it's all going to go. Um, and that that's the thing. It's just like it's quite compelling in the way that a drama thriller is. But um, winning the Palm Door seems like a bit of a stretch to me. <coughs> Excuse me. The fact that, thank you. Um, you know, France didn't nominate this for um, for best international feature, but people are going like, "Oh, but it's going to get loads of Oscar nominations elsewhere." I, I, I it does strike me as I'm I'm surprised by that. It, it feels like one that's then going to turn out to not get any Oscar nominations at all, and people are going to kick off about it. And it's just like, I I I feel like the. Uh, like I don't know. Maybe there's been a little bit of groupthink on it, uh, and everybody's convinced each other it's uh, uh, an amazing film. I, I I don't I don't see it. It's it 
solid four out of five. You know, but fuck me, it's too long. Um, yeah, two and a and, thousand, and, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, but I mean, it's kind of interesting seeing the machinations of the, of the French court system. I mean, it is fucking nuts. Like, everybody's just attacking everybody constantly and the judge is just like, I'm a gossipy dri- bitch who lives for the drama. I just want to see how this plays <laughs> out. Um, and... and yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, that anatomy of a fall is decent. It's two and a half hours long. If you're slightly underwhelmed by it, join the club. Don't worry. There's at least me in that club with you. And that seems to be a little bit of like what I seem to be hearing about it is people going. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, because I know Noel basically said the same. Yeah, didn't he? Noel was like, you know, like, um, like, it's fine. You know, it's all right. I just don't see what the big whoop is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, quite. I, I, I think in this day and age, I might have actually been actively pissed off if I took two and a half hours in a cinema watching it. Which is, which is fair. It's you know, it's a long time, two and a half. Because the thing is, two and a half hours to see a film in a cinema. It isn't two and a half hours. It's touching three hours um, in the cinema <laughs> yeah. because of trailers and bits like that. And then there's you know there's the other bit of getting to and fro the cinema. So and it's like. It's four hours. It's not the girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah. You know, it's not visually compelling. I'll say that. Is it just courtroom drama? It's fine. It's just, it's a, it's a courtroom drama. I honestly, I, it wild. It won the palm door. Wild. Good on it. Good on Fair them. Play it with, yeah. You know, res- yeah. Um, I'll, 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 I'll do some more later. I'll hand, I'll hand it over to you guys. All right, cool. Should we do the ones that we've watched together, Bex? Can diggity do? I mean, it's not many, actually, is it? So, we, we, we watched Candyman on 4K, didn't we? We did. 4K player. Yeah. Yeah. It's added to the 4K collection in the 4K cupboard. It is. That we're going to decorate, aren't we? The red curtains and everything. The OG Candyman. Yeah, the OG. Oh, Bex, I thought you were buying that for him for Christmas or something. Birthday. Ah, uh, of course. Yeah. Not watching the features yet, but I am looking forward to the features that are yeah, on there. Yeah, good shit on there. That'll be some pretty, pretty cool. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's it's great. The, the, it looks fucking stunning. It sounds amazing in four, on the 4K disc. You know, the, 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 the extra oomph in that score mm. is very nice. And it's just, I mean, we spoke about it quite a mm. lot on the podcast, haven't we? It's just a very... It's just such a good film. It's such a good film. It's such a, a clever idea. It's, it's, it's a great reworking of, a, of taking a story and having a, a writer-director go, I really like the story. I'm going to put it here and having Clive Barker originally be like, like oh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. It was very much set to be, you know, it was about, you know, this council state in Liverpool and things like that. And Ben Rose going, but this is my idea. And I'm going, yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> just literally Clive Parker's very much like at first I was like no 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 no, that's really, that's really good it's really good idea I like that yeah well played <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes uh, we rewatched Violent Night from last year yeah See, I- now this hold up I, we, we've got it on the list to watch wait right what I'll say is I'll let you come in a second bets is I gave it on my first watch when we watched it last year, mm. three out of five on Letterbox. Mm. 
I've, it bumped up to a four out of five on this rewatch. Well, that's what I was just about to say. I remember enjoying it well enough, but not being particularly impressed with it when we watched it last year. Yeah. And just really fucking enjoying it this year. Like it, it's it's gone up. I, I, I very much enjoy the violence. The violence is is just wonderful in its it, it, its OTTness. Yeah. And you know, just the idea of of, of, of Santa being like a Viking. Yeah. <laughs> bloodthirsty murderer um, that just ended up becoming Father Christmas and now he's just tired of it <laughs> because of the rampant consumerism of it all <laughs> do you know what, relatable and him also just starting to really enjoy the killing mm. you know it's just it, it's a real treat it is hyper violence but just to the point of just outright silliness. But it's his reactions to it that are really good. Like some of his reactions to like he's doing these things and he's kind of going, oh, 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 wow, maybe that was too much. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way as well. Like, and it's a real minor thing, but I like the way that they've got like worked in his ho ho hoing. Like, because like it sounds hokey, doesn't it? Yeah. When when Santa's ho 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 in movies, but they've just turned it into like. His laugh is kind of like that, yeah. so he ho ho ho's a lot, and I just, yeah, I just think that's a really nice little touch. It's the fact that he does that at one point, and somebody turns around and goes, "Really?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, you're gonna have that. I, I would say, Ian, you'll have a good time with it. It's a good holder. Yeah, Solid. I do like as well the way that they've kind of they've addressed the fact that past a certain age people don't believe in Santa they've addressed the fact that kids kind of know that their parents bring the presents yeah. as like yeah but some parents don't and I'm here for the kids that need me yeah. it's like it's quite nice that because like watching this I mean I don't and you wouldn't really be watching it with your kids because it's so violent but like if you were they, they, could, they could go oh okay yeah fair or even as an adult you could go maybe there is a Santa and <laughs> like they, they sell the idea know. for it quite well yeah yeah um, it, 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 it's, it is now firmly in yearly rotation this one yeah definitely um, there nice and uh, we won't go too spoilery on this one because it is a new film yes uh, but we watched uh, I believe it's a Shudder original <laughs> um, it's a wonderful knife <laughs> how's this yeah I'm, lo- yeah I'm looking forward to your thoughts on this um, Right, so again, won't go too much into it, but it is a horror movie version of A Wonderful Life. Uh, so it ain't going that hard to work out what happens. Mm. But it's like it's set in a place called Angel Falls. And the, the, it, it, this is not spoilery because this, this is in the trailer and it literally happens in the first like 10 minutes of the film. But the mayor... Uh, played by Justin Long, it turns out is the killer, but he gets killed, doesn't he? Mm. By um, the lead character, uh, Winnie. And then it, we get flash forward a year on, and she's kind of still traumatised by the whole event, isn't she? Yeah. But the rest of the town has just very much moved on. Yeah. So she does the whole, do you know what? I, I, I wish I'd just never been born. And then what would you have it? Aurora Borealis makes it so that fucking, she was never born. Fucking Northern Lights. And you get the whole fucking It's a Wonderful Life element of it. But the killer is just now just rampant. 
yeah, in the town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's on crack. Every couple of weeks, he murders somebody else. <laughs> yeah. I like that it references It's a Wonderful Life as, as well. Like, oh, yeah. He's like, oh my God, you're my Clarence. <laughs> yeah. So it very much knows what it's doing. Yeah. It, it's like under 90 minutes long. Yeah. It's very silly. But it's a good amount of fun. It goes proper bonkers at the end, though, doesn't it? Oh, it goes batshit at the end, yeah. <laughs> it isn't afraid to just go a little bit, oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, I, I, again, yeah. not to go too much into it, but there's a bit where you get to it and you go, wait a minute, have I missed, like, ten minutes? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Mm. My, my only small complaint about it is that the main character is not terribly likeable no the, it, it, it suffers the modern horror trope mm. of the lead um, character the, the, the final girl being just a dickhead mm. she's she she's not fun to spend time with no she's not but everything that's happening around her kind of is mm. yeah really really enjoyed it that, that'll go into rotation as well yeah probably yeah it, it, it's a we tend to get a couple of Christmas horror movies Every year, and the majority of them are crap. Yeah. This, this is this. It's a good amount of fun, and like I say, it's ninety minutes, so it gets in and gets its shit done. Um, nice. So yes, uh, it, it, a don't get me wrong. It, it is a very seven out of ten movie, but for like a fucking Tuesday night chill out over Christmas, or you're a little bit kind of like. The thing is, there's only so many Christmas movies that are like worldies. Yeah. You've got to, if you're going to do... A bit of a filler. 30 Days of Christmas kind of vibe, you've, you've got to have some filler. Oh, yeah. And this this is very much that. Mm. What what have you got, Bex? Do a bit of yours. Oh, shit, hang on. Um, so, sorry, I was trying to see what we watched last December. So I well, we also watched Planes, Trains, Automobile, didn't we? Because it was Thanksgiving. Is that after we podcast? Yeah, after we podcast. Yes, we did. You don't really need to say much. No, we don't need to say it. <laughs> it, it, it. It's just a banger. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I rewatched Barbie. Um, away from the glare of everyone just fucking wearing pink and being obsessed, it was um quite interesting to revisit it actually because I think part of me was like I'd got the ick off everyone being so like hyped about it. Um, yeah. And then I kind of watched it and was like. Yeah, it's it's fine, <laughs> but it's like it's not the great shakes everyone's making it out to be. Um, on rewatch, it's I mean it is undoubtedly more than just fine. It's it's very very fun. Um, I still don't think it's um, the important movie that it's been made out to be, or maybe it's just not important for me maybe i just don't find it important and other people will take something else from it, it which is fine you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and go no it's just bullshit if it's if it's empowered people then that's great the backlash is starting a little bit minor backlash i've started to see minor little things of people saying well actually it, it, it's actually quite misogynistic at points and it's a bit like where'd that go from that's new <laughs> yeah i don't think i necessarily like the the way that Ken's portrayed in it, like men just can't help themselves but be misogynist if they see it. Like it, I just, I just don't like that. Like I get that it's supposed to be 
empowering for women, but it doesn't have to pull down men to do that. For me. I'm I'm not gonna lie, like what's his name? Alan is the best fucking thing about this movie for me. I find Alan just amazing in it. <laughs> the, like some of the bits where he's like when he jumps out of the car to go and like fight the construction men and he's just like, Oh Ken's clothes fit me <laughs> It's just it's so like weirdly out of context. And the bit with the wall as well, like if they ever work out that they can build a cross instead of just up, we'll never get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and I I mean I don't I don't normally like Michael Sarah, I find him incredibly creepy. But he's he's just fucking perfect in this. He's just really good in this. Um the thing is, which is a little frustrating for me, but all my favourite bits in this are Ken related or Alan related. Like the dance off bit is is so chef's kiss. Like it, it's just it's beautiful to watch. I, I saw a thing uh, where Greta Gerwig was talking about that mm. and was saying that she had this idea of it being in slow motion, like the battle thing. And yeah. she said. So they, they filmed it with them, like they choreographed it and had it filmed with them you know, going in slow motion because they said, look, we can't slow it down. That'll look silly. You have to have it for it to work. <laughs> yeah. They have to kind of move in slow motion. And she said, so we spent like the entire day and built up to it and did like all this like footage of it. Said, and then it wasn't until like we sat down to review the footage that we were like, shit, what if it doesn't work? What if it looks like shit? <laughs> said, and then we watched it and went, no, we're okay. And it was just, it was like a nice little clip of her just going, it was only after we, like, like after the day, I was like, I thought, oh no, what if I'm just wrong? And it's just, I, I, I love the fact mm. that it was the confidence of the idea to go with it and then to not, just it not enter a, a mind and that, that is something you know is just running with the idea mm. and having the right idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I felt I felt, felt kind of sorry for Ken more on this rewatch as well. Like, the Kens are treated badly by the Barbies. And I think, obviously, that's that's kind of the point. It's, like, reverse. Yeah. Of whatever, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, I was trying to think if there was anything else I needed to say about it. Um, what's her name is really good in it, actually. Um... Ferrara Superstore. America Ferrara. Yeah. Is she? Uh, 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 yeah. 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 I. It's 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 actually just a really sort of nice grounded performance amidst this insanity that is like the fact that she's gone to Barbie World. Like it, it's it's quite good that she sort of. Is a straight. Yeah. Yeah. Woman in there. Not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um. Okay. So I watched the Ice Pirates. She recommended it to me. <laughs> <laughs> context so uh, yeah uh, you two were having sex and <laughs> he, he just said have you ever seen Ice Pirates I mean, pretty much yeah I've never told you about that <laughs> <laughs> anyway you were um, asking for things that were like Baron Munchausen, Baron Munchausen yeah. Time Bandits yeah. and I said have you ever seen the Ice Pirates and you said this is a bit of a weird time to bring this up during sex <laughs> yeah and then you were like, well, it's got a young Angelica Houston in it and she looks pretty hot. So, and that's where it went. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's not what happened at all. 
But yes, it was off the back of Munchausen. Um, it's <laughs> fucking bonkers, is I Sorry. Pirates. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, real, like, really, really weird. It's it's quite a while so, since I watched it, because I watched it just after we'd recorded last time, and it's almost two weeks ago, so I can't remember, like, exact beats of, of the weirdness, but, yeah, there's some, there's some really fucking weird bits. It's not quite Munchausen levels of weird. No. I don't think there's much that is. No. But it was, yeah, it was really good, and it was really weird seeing super young Angelica Houston. Yeah, 1984. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And Ron Perlman. Oh god, yeah, and then they all get old and then they get young again. And then his son's there. Yeah, it's real fucking weird, guys. Watch it. Um, I also Okay, so there's not much more because I read quite a lot. Um but I did watch Scrooged yesterday. Good. because um, what I normally like to do is save that as a Christmas Eve movie. And in the last couple of years I've struggled to fit it in and ended up watching it on like Boxing Day. So I wanted to get it in early because it is one of the ones that makes me feel really Christmassy. Um, everyone's seen Scrooged. I don't need to say too much. It's really fucking good. Um, the the sort of end credits bit where he's like asking various people to sing the the song and then he's like, now just the men and then it's just men's voices on the soundtrack. I always, I always get a bit of a kick out of that because I think it's funny. Um... Yeah, really enjoyed it. Glad I got to it. Um, I also watched Labyrinth. I don't know why I watched Labyrinth. I got like, I saw something the other day and it was like, fuck, I really need to rewatch Labyrinth. I've not watched it in a few years. And I've kind of not because, you know, when you get to that point in movies where you're like, I've seen that enough times now. Yep. Um, so I've kind of avoided rewatching it, but but yeah, I wanted to, wanted to give it a go. Because I think I'd got to the point where I was like, not enjoying it and it was like sullying the movie for me because I'd overwatched it and I'd get to like the bit with the fire demons and just be like I can't be asked with these cunts turn it off I don't like those guys I don't like them um, and when I went on to it this time around that's where it had been stopped out last time and I'd not watched it on from there <laughs> so I did play from beginning um, it's just really good and like reading like the like behind the scenes stuff of like the how the puppets worked and stuff like that is just like it, it's such an endeavour and you, you watch it and it like Hoggle is just he's just Hoggle he's like a goblin but he's not he's like a dude in a suit and loads of people animating various different bits of his face it's like it's the work that's gone into this oh, movie it's crazy, it's insane um, and, and it's just and it just all works so perfectly mm. um, and then there's you know David Bowie with his massive package in his really tight trousers Yep. So yeah, Labyrinth, love that. Um, and I also rewatched Whiplash. Whiplash. Yeah. Did you? Whiplash. Yeah, I did. Watched it last night. What did you? I'll never watch it again. Why? It's kind of boring. Is it? Yeah. I watched it. Oh shit! First, That's fighting talk. It's, it's fine. It's a good film, but it's not a particularly fun time. Like I've watched it. I know it's good. Everyone's very good in it, but it's not—it's not a fun watch. Like it's quite—it's quite oppressive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's claustrophobic. Yeah, which again, I think is intentional. But and I think a movie that gets rewatches are the ones that you enjoy watching. So it's—it's it's one of those. I really like it, but I'm never going to watch it again. So thanks, I'll hate it. Yeah. 
Um, I, I don't hate it. That's that's wrong. But like it's, yeah, it, it, you're kind of watching it going. This this is this is horrible, and I want it to be over and stop drumming. This solo is long enough now. Stop it. <laughs> but yeah, but it's very good. But I won't watch it again. But I wanted to rewatch it because I hadn't watched it since it came out, and I remembered it being very good. But like Spotlight, for example, just picking one out of the air is is a very good movie about a very good subject that's very serious, but it's also an enjoyable watch. Whereas this for me isn't. That's it. That's me. I <laughs> just one thing, just very quickly before um, before we move on. I um, so I said last week about listening to audiobooks. Yes. Um, and I've been doing the Dark Tower series, and I got to my favorite of the Dark Tower books up to well, probably my favorite of the Dark Tower books, which is the third one. So what I did was I took it off the audio and got my book off the bookcase quickly read from from where i was up to to the end of that book and then started listening to the next one because the next one's kind of it's a side mission book mm. um but then i was like oh, but i could read it so what i've been doing <laughs> is like listen to it in the car you know hour to work hour back and then getting the book finding where i've got to and then reading a bit and then finding where i've got to on my audio book and going from there so you're mixing it. I'm mixing it, yeah. <laughs> but they're slightly different versions, so it's a bit weird. That's insanity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying it. It's working for me. Fair play. <sighs> <laughs> Ian, do you want to jump back in? Do you want me to do mine? Um. Yeah, shall I jump back you can in? Jump back in, yeah. Um, just because I, I think I'm going to segue nicely. So, Bex, did you you finished Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, so I, I've now finished it as well. Okay. Um, so, yeah, no, I... Do you know what? I, yeah, this this was cracking. Um, once it was kind of revealed what was actually going on with Scott, so all spoilers all the time, the fact that he was kidnapped by an older version of himself who was trying to get him away from Ramona so that... He doesn't start the relationship with Ramona that ends with them getting divorced. Like, yeah, that'll do. Didn't see that coming. Um, Which he's not dead. A little bit. Sorry? In the first episode, he dies, doesn't he? Yeah. So he's not dead. No. Well, it, it looks like he does. But then at the end of like the third episode or something, they play back footage and someone grabs him and kind of like pulls him into the floor. Mm. Um. And then it's revealed that it's old Scott Pilgrim, voiced by Will Forte, which was, yeah, was a little bit odd. I'll, I'll, I, I won't lie. Um, and especially when, like, Mary Elizabeth Winstead voices older Ramona. So, okay. But, there, yeah, I thought it was fun... I think it's ex- like it's cool that they have they're setting up a season two, and I like the direction that they're potentially going in. Um, and it was just it, it was a good mix of fucking silly and heartfelt, and it yeah I I I I thought it worked quite well by the end. I was I was kind of slightly dipping 
until the like the reveal of what was actually happening and it kind of got me back in the room again and then it ended strong so yeah well done scott pilgrim takes off and i think they've got a series there it feels like it did it did well enough uh in terms of like pop culture reaction and whatnot and i can't imagine it cost that much to do it and also now that they've got like having all the original cast back out the way it kind of feels like maybe they don't have to pull that trick again next time to get people interested it feels like it's forged its own identity um so yeah uh really really pleased with it um so do 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 do, do. um what i wasn't really pleased with was wish um <laughs> so um and i'm there's going to be a lot of crotchety Ian now. So if you're triggered by that for quite a lot of what I talk about over the next 20 minutes or so, I'll try and keep it shorter than that. Uh, so just, yeah, strap in. Um, so wish, uh, a soulless attempt to, uh, actually prove that all Disney films are somehow connected in a, single universe maybe not all disney films but um what disney studio motion picture ones yeah something like that kind of wanted to die inside um (laughs) a film that feels like it was made purely for youtube speculation videos and clickbait articles instead of any real art um its message is trust in other people cool um couldn't uh, could not tell you what the lead character's name was songs were shit um the animation style is kind of interesting in that it seems to be going for a sleeping beauty kind of thing where like it's almost like the 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 backgrounds and the the background characters and whatnot are watercolor but it doesn't have the artistry of that in Sleeping Beauty, so it just looks cheap. Um, Chris Pine's vocal performance, all right. Um, Ariana DeBose, good good set of pipes, obviously. You know, Chris Pine does as well. Um, didn't work for me. Lottie loved it. Donna had a good time. I'm a farty old man who needs to just crawl under his duvet and... Uh, shuffle off this mortal coil um noel enjoyed it as well so um i i think it signals the start of the end of something um there you I go i don't think it's gonna have enough impact to signal the end, end of anything <laughs> i am comforted by the fact that it's performing quite badly yeah do you know why because everybody thinks that it is an advert, essentially, for Disney+. Plus. <laughs> the, the, but it, the thing is, it'll go on Disney+, Plus around Christmas, oh, yeah. and it'll be fucking huge. I have a feeling that this will end up being on Disney+, Plus Christmas Day. Wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. And it'll be huge, you know. And the, it's not, it, you know, it's not made for me. It's made for kids my daughter's age, and she enjoyed it, and that's that's cool. It speaks to a wider point in me that what I think modern... What what other people go to films for is not what I have gone to films for for the last 
you know, 30, 35, well, no, I mean, like, what I've been going to Spongebob for for maybe, like, 20 years, but, and that, you know, that's okay, it, 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 that, that, that's, that's fine, it's, it, oddly, it reminds me of um, when we talked about Skinnamarink earlier in the year, and I was just like, look, I didn't find it scary, but, you know, people have been informed by, younger people are being informed by experiences in their younger age which is nothing like what i was so if i don't subjectively react to if i re- subjectively react to something in a different way from somebody else you know I, I suppose that's that's okay um it's just it's just the fact that you know i do a weekly podcast where i talk about this stuff so for me wish felt like a, a um a little death even though i realized isn't that what like orgasm means in french or something so it wasn't that <laughs> but um but that that that's kind of yeah yeah I, I i found it quite quite dispiriting so let me let me continue my um found it quite dispiriting uh uh train of thought here with uh, a couple of christmas films um so uh i watched netflix's best christmas ever I'm halfway through this yeah, um, right. You can you can spoil it. I'm not I'm bothered. I kind of know what. No, I mean, the, I, I mean, the, the 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 I mean the the ending is. I don't want to spoil the ending because it takes such a batshit what is happening that I kind of want you to just react to that next week. Fair, that's fair. Um, that's fair. <laughs> let's yeah. Look, I'll move on from. But I, I mean, it is not good. Um. But it's, I don't know, yeah, I mean, like, okay, my review on Letterboxd was, feels like it's going to take a real fucking dark twist early doors. Questions just all over the place. 81 minutes long, so can't hate it too much, and I'm glad people got work. There you go, one and a half out of five. It's a strange one. We'll talk more about, sorry? It's a strange one. I am, I am both enjoying bits of it and hating bits of it. (laughs) It's the thing. I mean, like, so so far you've seen like Heather Graham being suspicious about yeah. a, an old like college girlfriend of her husband's, who is she? She is kind of convinced yeah. her life is not as good as it actually seems yes. to be. Um, have you seen the bit where Heather Graham is talking to Brandy's husband? And she's looking at him like, oh, and it's kind of doing that like slow motiony. He's looking sexy thing, yeah. and then he looks at her, and it's doing that as yes. well. Have you seen yes. that bit? Have you have you kind of seen how that plot thread ends up? I've not got that yet. I'm, I am at the bit where just after um, I am just after Brandy Norwood has sang to everybody. And Heather Graham has pretended that she needs to go and buy a present for um, Jason Biggs, but really she's gone back to the house to try and find that letter. The, yeah. Right, okay. I feel like that's... Our, so they... Heather Graham and the Brandy's husband have a conversation about finding each other attractive. Have you that, seen that, that bit happened, yet? Yeah. And, and, and she, she, he's like, right. he's like no. I mean, you find me attractive, don't you? And she's like, well, you know, yeah. And he's like, do, do, do you find me? And he's like, no. It's like, fucking hell. Mark, Mark, that's the end of the plot. Is friend. it? 
Yeah, they never bring it up again. <laughs> I, I genuinely thought something was going to happen with that. It's it's so weird. Like just the fact that you know it does the cinema visual language figure. Yeah. He's into her by doing that like slow mo. Her hair's blowing like you know that kind of like oh. And he's just like, yeah, I don't find you attractive, and that's the end of I, that. I, my that is one of my issues that I've got at the moment because I'm like. Right, I'm sorry. I am sorry, world, but he's not that good-looking a guy for you to be having that much happen over how amazing and good-looking he is. And and she's Heather Graham. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, quite. I mean, this this film takes a very long time to work out what it's going to be. You're about, I think you're about to hit where it then kind of just like decides what the plot's gonna be and then is is that for the rest of the movie apart from a fucking bonkers bit in the third act but let's let's talk yeah. about it more next Good, week. Because, the thing is, the it's kind of... I'm getting angry with the fact that that kid who is at Harvard can't work out if Santa's real or not. Uh, yeah, yeah. I Look, it's shit and it's it's... It's uh, another picture by the fine people at the Motion Picture Corporation of America, whose logo I only see in front of Netflix Christmas yeah. films. Um, you know, but like I say, I, it's very short. I can't necessarily hate it for that. And it's not like it, it's doing anything particularly hateful. No. Which brings me to Amazon's Candy Cane Lane. Oh, here we go. Right. So my letterbox review of this was fuck right off <laughs> so um <laughs> this is directed by reginald hudlin it was the name i didn't know directed house party and boomerang and the ladies man and also directed in 2017 marshall the biopic about Fergus marshall Starring uh, Chadwick Boseman and Josh Gad. Right? So, this film. Eddie Murphy plays a kind of like middle manager guy who is uh, let go. He's made redundant. Um, And he, he lives on Candy Cane Lane where everybody puts up great big Christmas decorations. And his TV crew are coming having a contest and he's just like right I'm going to put my all into having the best decorations and he and his daughter happen upon a mysterious uh, shop um, under uh, uh, like a motorway intersection in LA by the looks of it and there he buys some Christmas decorations from Gillian Bell and she's a bit shifty um, and he signs the receipt and it's like, oh, something's going to happen here. And then it turns out that he's bought these Christmas decoration uh, ornaments that basically come to life. And if he doesn't find the five gold rings of the 12 days of Christmas rhyme within like two days or something, he's going to be turned into a Christmas ornament. Or like a little Christmas ornament person in a model town thing. Uh, where you've also got the guy who played Hunter the Hungry, or whatever his name was, with Popstar Never Stop, Never Stopping, um, and Nick Offerman, 
playing a jolly British man who's been trapped as a Christmas figurine for 200 years. Um, now, there is a sense of, of, of the unhinged about the film in moments, which, which is somewhat interesting. Um, but th this, this film is very slickly made. And it has no soul. Um, there's a bit early on where Eddie Murphy and his daughter are looking for Christmas decorations. And it's an ad for Costco. And then an ad for Walmart. And then an ad for Target. Um, it is not backwards in coming forwards at all about its product placement. And I honestly thought if you pressed pause it was just going to give you links to how to buy those products on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like it, it, Eddie Murphy, basically, there is a scene early on where you would swear they just woke him up in his trailer 20 seconds before they said action. Um, he is mumbling his lines for, for no reason. It is over two hours long um, there are so many subplots in this film and Tracy Ellis Ross looks like a sweet potato who's had a face drawn on her face quite badly she's had some work done and it was very shoddy workmanship um, and I know that's not a nice thing to say but it was it was distracting for the whole fucking film um I I is that is that is that council a ball? No. I Becky, can I get like a judge's ruling on that? I mean if it's true I feel like you're fine. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I I like it just Yeah. I say shit like that all the time. I don't know. I feel I say Sorry? Shit like that all the time. Okay. Alright. Fine. I feel like if people have bad or excessive work done, then they're opening themselves up to it. It Yes, it is it is pure it is purely that. It is I what I think is a lot of over excessive work done. Yeah, you, you, you sent me a screenshot to highlight it. I agree with you, and also she does look like she's afraid of dip. She's what? Interesting. Afraid of dip. Afraid of dip? Yes, she looks like a character from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's that. Um, it, yeah, I, it, it was just really, really soulless and inane. And, you know, it's 45 minutes longer than Best Christmas Ever. No, why? That that's a, yeah, yeah. I I it, it, I, it, I, I, it felt egregious. A, a straight to streaming Christmas movie should not be anything more. It, upper limit is a hundred minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite, and it just the the sheer merchandise uh, aspect of it really really bothered me and I know 
Next year, the big Amazon Christmas film is Red One, which is uh, the new film directed by Jake Kasdan, starring um, Dwayne Johnson and Chris Evans. And uh, this, um, I want to find the quote that The Rock uh, said about it. I need to find this. Please bear with me. Please bear with me. Red One is incredibly special to me and a story I've wanted to tell for years. An epic edge-of-your-seat action adventure that takes beloved holiday mythology and turns it on its head. I'm thrilled to have our Seven Bucks team join forces with Amazon to bring this fun holiday tale to life for a global audience. Now, there's a, there's a... a and even more Jesus fucking Christ one. That's not actually the the one that I was looking no, for. He, he wants to turn um, it into a a a holiday mythology franchise. It's yeah. It's the fact that they haven't made one film yet, and he's talking about a franchise. Um. Oh God, hang on. Um. Ah, oh, fuck's sake! Come on. I'm not going to find it, am I? I'm not going to find it. Um, hang on. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, it's not this, but speaking about the, the delay of the film, uh, producer Danny Garcia said, this is a very special project for me and my our entire team. It's something I've been thinking about for several years. We've always wanted to do a massive holiday Christmas movie, but couldn't find the right one. We were looking for something that matched DJ's DNA, something that had more bite to it, that was much bigger and more global. I had this idea for quite a long time, but during the pandemic I thought to myself, let me put my head down while we have this window of time working from home and try to flesh it out. It's an Amazon Christmas movie. Um, this And it just... And yeah, I don't know, I swear he described it as IP at one point. And it just, if like, and you know, this. Oh God, I've got to say as well, Candy Cane Lane having the MGM logo at the start of it. It was so sad. It's so sad seeing the MGM logo and an Amazon company at the bottom. Yeah, of that it. is. That, there was something and, else that was on a, a few weeks ago. It was a bit like, oh, Saltburn. Saltburn, I think it was. Yeah. It. It. Yeah. I. But you know, hey, it's um, the 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 world changes and the things that you love, um, you know, some of them wither and die. So there you go. Uh, that is, is cinema, and that is Candy Cane Lane. Um, but I also watched um, Apple TV's Spirited again, and um, that all up. you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of Apple product placement in it, but at least that's all there is. Um, as far as I can remember. Um, hey, look, I, I, I think this is fun. I like Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds together. Good Afternoon is a very funny sequence. Um, I like that there's some Scrooged energy to um, Spirited, um, which I quite appreciate. And uh, yeah, I this this one feels like it's in the rotation for Donna and I. Uh, to be honest, at this point, um, I haven't seen this. Is it worth? Uh, yeah, I, I, I. Well, we're, we're gonna watch it this year. Yeah, oh, wait. I watched it last year. I don't think you did, did you? No. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I, th- I think I think it's funny, you know. And Will Ferrell is actually quite charming, and he's quite sweet. Um, Ryan Reynolds is kind of doing his thing, but he's he's got good people up against him. And I also like the fact that um, slight spoiler alert, Becky, just a slight spoiler alert. Okay. Um, the ghost of Christmas past comes to him, and he just fucks her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is quite amusing. That. Uh, it's, 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 it's like a plot point as well, isn't it? That, that she thinks he's yeah. hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's good. That's good. Like I don't know. It's just it's got that slightly kind of biting energy, while also you know trying to be feel good. And so I, yeah, I, I think it's all right actually. I'll I'll defend spirited. Um, so there you go. Uh, and then lastly for me in my whirlwind cavalcade of Ian's and fucking crotchety old man. Past Lives, widely regarded as one of the best films of the year. Probably going to get a best screenplay nomination at the Oscars, if not a win. Could well get a best picture. It's A24 and it's absolutely fine. <laughs> just, just, it's just um, fine. It's, it's fine. Um... You got two. You got these South Korean kids. Kind of seems like they're into each other, but they're kind of too young to admit anything to each other. Uh, the girl and her family emigrate. Um, a decade later, uh, she finds out that he's been trying to reach her on Facebook because uh, it's like twenty, like twenty tens, early twenty tens. Uh, they talk to each other. Um, then it turns out that they're not actually going to be able to meet, like see each other um, for, a, for, a, for a long time uh, just due to life. So she kind of breaks it off. She gets with uh, someone else and like another 10 years down the line, uh, he comes back into her life and uh, the whole film is, uh, as I, I wrote on Letterboxd, edging the movie. Um, it It is purely... I, the thing is, I know people personally who I very much respect who really, really like past lives. Um, but all I could think about on finishing it was the people who really like this film very much need to try um, having sex. I don't know. Um, it just, all it was was this lot going to fuck or not. Like that's that's all the film is. It's like, is something gonna happen here? Who's gonna shag who? How many people will shag? Um, that like that, that and there's, <laughs> I th- you know, there's past lives. How many these people will shag? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It, it's they're kind of talking about their lives, and you know, there's all all this kind of like. There's as much unsaid as there is said. And, you know, it's well acted. It's well performed. It looks good. It looks really Shot nice, actually. And by the end of it, by the end of it, it's like, it's got this ending, which are like are people apparently find devastating. <clears throat> and I all I could think was that one person is very, very chill. That's what I took away from it. That I won't say which person, but that person is very chill. Um, 
yeah, it's 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 fine. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'll leave it there. I don't I, like I don't want to offend anyone because it seems like it's really really loved. I I did not I did I, you know it, it's it's all right. Don't, I'm not going to say it's shit. It's obviously not shit. But my word, if I don't know, man. It just yeah, all right. It kind of has the feel of a film from the seventies where people walk around and talk, and it's it's got unrequited feelings. Cool, five star banger because we're in a drought. Like that's the thing. It just it it feels like these films aren't made anymore. So a so so version of it is now a five star film in twenty twenty three. Where's an element of just you know watch another film. I don't know. I'd, I'd like. I'd be. I'd be intrigued. I'd be intrigued if you guys ever got around to I, it. I, 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 I just. Think I, will actually I, I, I feel like it's not your speed in the slightest, Mark. Yeah. Um, which, which, which kind of makes me now go. I probably should watch this then. <laughs> but yeah, like, hey, just go with God. Like the, like the things you like. Ignore me. Um, but. Again, it's like one of these things where it's like if you if you feel like you're on an island, maybe watching past lives and going, it was all right, it wasn't anything special. Know that you're not alone. <laughs> and that's me. Right, I've got a few. I've got a few to go through. So I watched a film that is uh, a 2022 movie. Uh, that is the it's based. It's a remake of a 1976 Soviet film. Uh, called the irony of fate. What the the, uh, the the film you watched is called the irony no, the, of fate. The, 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 or... the film that it's based on is called the irony of fate, a 1976 um, Soviet television film. Uh, the film I watched is called about right. fate and stars Thomas Mann and Emma Roberts. <laughs> Good. How is this? <laughs> so. The story of it is... <laughs> Sorry, is, yeah. Emma Roberts continues this trend of playing... Uh, playing, like, the sister in a family that just... That she just can't find love. She just can't find anyone who will love her. But she's Emma Roberts. Yeah. Right? And so the fear element is that... Um, so... She is going on a date with a guy that she's been seeing for three months. And she thinks, because of hints he's been dropping, that he's going to propose. So, at the last fitting of her bridesmaid's dress um, and her sister's wedding dress thing, she kind of, like, is talking about this boyfriend and how serious it is. And because her entire, like, her mum and her sister are saying, like, you know, you always say this and we've never even met the guy, so is he even real? She's like, well, actually, I think he might be proposing tonight. Um, on the other side of that, you've got Thomas Mann's character and he is is going to propose to his girlfriend that night. Yeah. So they end up at the same restaurant and the way that the film's shot to start off with is you think that they're, that they're the couple. Because it's intercut with him talking about mm. this and her talking about this. And then not. Mm. Um, and then it turns out that the guy that she thinks is going to propose to her isn't at all. 
he's actually breaking up with her. Uh, and Thomas Mann proposes to his girlfriend. And so you would think that, oh, she says no, and then they get together because same restaurant, same night. No, she says yes, but can they redo the proposal tomorrow night on New Year's Eve because she's got an influencer party because that's what she is, an influencer, and it'll look really good if it's live streamed. Mm. So he's like, okay, and then she storms out. He's like, I don't know what's going on here. But they bump into each other. And again, you think this is the fake moment. It's not. They bump into each other, Emma Roberts and Thomas Mann, outside because Thomas Mann's girlfriend steals Emma Roberts' Uber. Right. Right? It's not the fake bit. The fake bit is the next day um, he gets hammered with his friends um, and then gets in a... An Uber, a lot of Uber placement in this actually. Yeah. Um, and asks to go, you know, to take him back to his uh, his house. But it turns out the development that he lives on, there is another development the other side of town that has basically the same name. And he gets there, gets out drunk, gets the his spare key from underneath the plant pot, goes in, has a shower, goes to bed. To kind of sleep it off a little bit. But what would you have it? It's her house. His key works. No. He got, because he keeps his key underneath the plant pot as well. Ah. Um, and then they end up going to his sister's to, to uh, her sister's wedding. Because he's just a nice guy. And what would you have it? They kind of fall in love. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that great. But it's kind of fun at points. But it's it's not good. <laughs> Like, it's not very good. Um, but it is kind of fun spending time with Emma Roberts. Uh, so that's about fair. Uh, watch Vertical Limit. Nice. Good. Yeah. Vertical Limit's a good film. It's a good film. Yep. And it goes fucking hard as well. <laughs> like, there's a bit where two people have just, like, I've got away with hand, um, handling this fucking nitroglycerine that they're, ha- that they're handling. Um, and they're like, oh, fucking hell, nearly. No, <laughs> boom, they explode. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it goes hard. I like Vertical Limit. It's bonkers. I also, I like the fact that it's like, you know, a lot of the time, and we say it on here a lot of the time, you can tell things are shot in a car park. Yeah. There. There's bits in this movie that you, you're watching going, that's quite obviously not on a mountainside, but I kind of like the vibe of the fact <laughs> that it's quite obviously not on a mountainside. Yeah. And it almost to the point of where it, it almost feels intentional that uh, that Martin Campbell's gone, look, you know this isn't the edge of a fucking mountainside. So here you go. You know, this is this is this is Chris O'Donnell doing this. It's not Stallone, it's not Cliffhanger. Mm. here you go but yeah vertical limit it goes in hard um, on that movie liked it Um, I'm going to do the two Christmas ones I watched so I've been going low level Christmas movies to start off with kicking into December yeah because the decorations weren't up and I was watching them in the back of my car on my lunch hour Um, so I watched Surviving Christmas which I actually I, I thought I had seen and I hadn't seen okay have you seen Surviving Christmas Eve 
No, this is the Ben Affleck, James Gandolfini. It, it is Ben Affleck, James Gandolfini. So, so yeah. what happens is, to give a brief idea of the story of, of this, um, Ben Affleck plays an incredibly successful advertising executive called Drew. And he doesn't really get on with Christmas. He doesn't really do Christmas. So he wants to take... What did it do to him? Well, well you find out. You find out. And it's not okay. even that bad. Um, so he wants to go to Fiji for Christmas with his girlfriend. But she's like, no, I want to spend Christmas with my family and you to spend it with my family if you cared about me. And he's like, but no, let's go to Fiji. Mm. Right? Instead. And she's like, no, I'm not going to fucking Fiji. So he has a bit of a breakdown. And his therapist tells him, you know, that what he needs to do... By the way, he doesn't go to see his therapist. He hijacks his therapist as his therapist is trying to um, take, try to go on his holiday vacation. And you find out it even his therapist. It's her therapist, his girlfriend's therapist. <laughs> uh, and basically says to him, I don't know, go back to your childhood home that ruined Christmas. And um, think about all your grievances you have at Christmas, uh, write them down, and then burn them uh, in, in the fireplace. <laughs> and, and then you'll, you'll be killed. So he basically just bullshits him. So he does this, and goes, and goes to his childhood home, and James Gandolfini um, and uh, Catherine O'Hara live there. Yeah. And he basically strikes up a deal with them to rent them as a family for Christmas for $250,000. Okay. So he will live there as their son <laughs> and they have to indulge in his Christmas wants for just, I think it's like five days over Christmas. Um, and they have to basically just go along with it. Like James Gandolfini's character has to wear a Christmas hat because these are all the family traditions he had right. as, as a, a, a kid. Um, and then like halfway through this Christina Applegate who is the the older kid who doesn't live there anymore comes home for Christmas and is like who the fuck is this guy what is going on (laughs) and he's going look he's paying us 250 grand to go along with it so you please just go along with it (laughs) so she then has to go along with it as well but then obviously they start kind of falling for each other Mm. Uh, but he then you find out that like she basically says, look, what is this what is this whole thing? Why are your family that terrible that you have to spend it with us? And you find out that all these things, these Christmas traditions that you're having, just never existed in the first place. That he was just basically making them up because his Christmases were just like quite just non events. That he grew up in a um a single parent family and his mum just had to work every Christmas day because it paid double and she could get double shifts. And so his Christmases were spent on his own and then uh, at the uh, cafe that his mum worked at. Yeah. And so he's like, we just didn't have Christmas because my mum, we couldn't afford it. But it's, it's just, it's just a bit bonkers. I don't really get it. Mm. <laughs> like it's, Affleck is, is just like fully in hard with it as having like a full like breakdown. Um, so yeah, it's not a strong recommend. I also watched Four Christmases, which is the Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon one. Reese Witherspoon, yeah. Yep. Where, right, 
Now, make sense of this, right? They don't, they're, they're a couple. I don't want to. They don't really get on with Christmas. They don't see the point. They both come from broken homes. So Christmas to them is just like, well, no, because we've kind of got to choose which one you want to spend it with. Or we spend, we, then if we choose one, we have to spend it with the other. So we, Christmas would just be too much chaos. Mm. So they always make up that they're doing other things on Christmas. And they're going to, this Christmas, they're going to fly to Fiji. What is it about Fiji and Christmas with these people? It's warm and it's only two syllables. So they're going to go to Fiji, but what have it? They can't go to Fiji because all the flights are cancelled because of bad weather. So they think, oh, fuck shit, we we can can go to the cancellation list, we can go the next day. No, because what happens is they get caught on camera by a film crew, live by a news crew, as going to Fiji and all their families see this news thing and they have to go and spend Christmas at each of their families' houses. And it just, hilarity ensues. It doesn't, actually, hilarity. Yeah. No hilarity ensues whatsoever, uh, at all. It's actually... But you paid for hilarity. It's quite dumb. Where's the hilarity? Uh, you can ask me your money back. I should, yeah. And then John Voigt turns up and you go, oh, here comes this prick. Yeah, it's not very good. It's not very good. Uh, do you know what is good? What is really fucking good? Go on. Margin call. Yeah. 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 Margin call is fucking brilliant. It's just. It's. It's two hours, not even two hours, it's an hour and 40 minutes of people talking to each other in different locations. There's no set pieces. There's no, like, huge big scenes in it. It is just all set over a 24-hour period, loosely based around, essentially, the the crash uh, and, you know, and the Lehman Brothers causing the crash yeah uh well no kickstarting the crash um and it's loosely based around that but it is just a really well written well shot film about people talking to each other and jc shandor directs the ever-living fuck about i am going to watch a most violent year because i didn't get on with that film and i am now a hundred percent sure i am fucking wrong about it so I need to rewatch it again because this Margin Call might be like the great underrated film of last decade yeah nice nice fucking brilliant Um, I know we're not allowed to talk about it but Kevin Spacey is fucking great in it Zachary Quinto just playing normal is really fucking good Mm. um Paul Bettany again, again proving. I know that he's had the big Marvel career. Paul Bettany should have Academy Awards by now, mm. and I don't think the guy's even had a nomination. And it's just because I don't think he's very good at picking films. No, no. I think that I think he thinks. I think he picks films that he, he goes. Do you know what? I'd like to watch that. That looks fucking cool. And so he does things like Legion and Priest mm. when he should have been doing more things like this because he's really f- 
fucking good in it. Yeah. Simon Baker playing the guy who is only there because he's a kiss ass. Just feels so Simon Bakery. Is <laughs> great. There's a great scene in this with Penn Badgley, who is kind of playing the your, your more archetypal stockbroker kid. Who is just he's just there kind of for the money, mm. but not he's not a dick like the guys in uh, the Big Shot that they that, that, that get brought into it. But there's a bit where he I, he finds out basically he's like you know I'm gonna lose my job today aren't they? And um, Paul Bettany's like, yeah, you're gonna make a good amount of money, but yeah. You are going to lose your job and you're never going to work in this industry again. And so he has a bit of like a moment in the bathroom where he, he just fucking starts crying. Mm. And then he comes out and Simon Baker, who is the guy who's going to trigger all this, is like saying to him, you know, like talking to him saying, you know, yeah, it's shit, but these things happen. You'll come back from it. And he's like, but not in this. He's like, well, no, not in this. But, you know, these things happen. And he starts saying to him, look, this is all I ever wanted to do. And Simon Baker's character just goes, really and it's just a brilliant fucking scene <laughs> that's done that this just this character who is who is exactly who he wants to be mm. just can't comprehend that, that somebody actually wants to wants do this to do that, yeah. um, but what I did notice is because most of it's set in like just offices the the hum of the the lights is always in the background yeah which is going to be because it, it, it's just it's an existence thing that's there. What's really interesting is JC Chandor takes it out at very specific moments. That that cuts. Oh, okay. So whenever they're talking about saying, look, there's there's, there's nothing's going to be the same after what we're about to do. When they start saying that, that it, it's noticeable that that hum gets cut out. And it gradually builds up to the point of where, as it as the night draws further in, the hum is gone, mm. and it, it, it's a it's a purposeful thing. Cause first of all, I'm imagining this. Yeah. And there's a moment where one of the characters looks out and goes, look, they look out on the, the the floor of all the what is it, and says, "Can you hear that?" And Zach and Quintus go, "It's like, what?" I can't hear anything. He's like, exactly. It's weird being in here without anything. And it's like, it, it just cuts all fucking sound out. It's just, the movie is just fucking brilliant. And it's just an hour and 40 minutes of people talking to each other in offices. It'll never work. It'll never work, but it does so brilliantly. <laughs> Stanley Tucci as a scene sat on his porch which is about the only bit of the movie that's not set in this office building where he tells a story about a bridge that he designed and how the bridge has saved X amount of hours of people's lives and it's 25 years and it's just it has no relevance to the rest of the story <laughs> and Paul Bettany's kind of reaction to it is just like going I don't know what that's got to do with anything. And Sonny Tucci's character just goes, it doesn't really. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's fucking brilliant. What a film. That's good, what? It is, it's, it's, and it's just cracking. I think, I, it was one of those where I, I watched it as a car watch because I've watched it a couple of times and I enjoyed it. 
Oh. But cow, when I say cow, I mean I'm sat in the back of my car on my lunch break, so it was a lunch break watch. Yeah. Might fucking drive me along with a fucking iPad <laughs> aside, which going, this is fucking great. Um, and I was actually a little bit gutted that I did that in the car rather than just watching it like, in the comfort of my home and what's it, mm. in one mm. block. Um, yeah, fucking great. But I am going to go back and rewatch uh, A Most Violent Year because I didn't get on with it and I am wrong. I am, I am well I could have told you that yeah, you have frequently and uh, it's been 10 years now and I think that I, 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 need, to, I need to take my medicine <laughs> and watch that yep. and go yes I am wrong so yeah agreed yeah. so I will be watching that this week and I won't be watching it in my car I'll be watching it sat down in my home yeah uh, that, that's, that's me <coughs> so Right, questions. We do have some. Yep. I forgot what was going on there for a brief second. I had that work the other day. I literally, I didn't forget what I was doing. I just forgot what existence was for a brief, like, 30-second moment. Bill <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blacklands. When I was a kid uh, and my dad would stick wings, live and let die on the stereo, I would jump around to pretend a leap over crocodile heads and presumably drive a bus under a low bridge, just like in the film. What made you do the same or is just the thing that boys do? That's a new one on me. Have you ever acted out the motions of a film? Not a porno, Becky. <laughs> um, I mean, I think there's a yes coming here, isn't there? We used to have so when when my parents moved into their old, now old house, there was a carpet down that was like like a, a carpet. And it had like flowers on it, but in like a pattern, so like in rows. Yeah. And I used to like, they would be stepping stones. So like they would either be like Indiana Jones type stones where you have to like go on the right ones or like in like Labyrinth where she has to go over the uh, Bog of Eternal Stench, stuff like that. So I did do like stepping stone related shit on this very patterned carpet. I I once <laughs> I once went to a a wedding when I was a child with my family. Yeah. Um and I was quite obsessed um with uh the movie Commander. And the movies in general of Arnold Schwarzenegger at the time. Fair. Uh I was about seven <laughs> so probably shouldn't be watching Commander. No. About seven or eight. And I even had like the hair, you know, like the the, 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 the commando hair that he has, isn't it? That spiky <laughs> right. hair. Yeah. I even had that. And I vividly remember a woman who I don't know, and she was like somebody at the wedding who we didn't know uh, there, came over and like was talking to my mum and turned around and said to my sister, um, you know, oh, and what, what's your name? And my sister, they are, it's Nicola Marie. Uh, and she said to me, oh, what's your name? And without fucking missing a beat, I just went, John Matrix. Oh, that's pretty good. Done. Well but, done. But this was a theme, apparently. <laughs> apparently. I suppose I'm about it a few years ago. 
And apparently it just became a theme that I would never give my real name to people. So, like, she said, yeah, we once stayed at, like, a, a B&B in, um, in Whitby. And the one said to me, again, said, did the whole, oh, what's your name? And I, again, I said, without skipping a beat, you just went, Harry the dog. And you would refuse. Oh, Harry the dog. I've you would refuse to like not be referred to as Harry the dog, dog throughout yeah. the entire holiday. <laughs> like you wouldn't respond. And the same at the wedding. Everybody just had to refer to you to you as John Matrix, not John, John Matrix. Otherwise, you just wouldn't respond to them. You're a weird boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I used to I used to walk around with one of my stepbrothers like toy guns um, and say Uzi nine millimeter in an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. <laughs> Fair play. Fair play. Uh, right. What else have we got? Uh, Rick Kidd. What are your top three Ridley Scott films? Not called Blade Runner or Alien. That's not fair. I mean, it's it, it's an interesting exercise, though, isn't it? Yep. Like that. <coughs> like that. Uh, Gladiator, Thelma and Louise. Um, ooh, do, 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 do. Yeah, I don't know. That's, like, maybe Black Hawk Down, but maybe not. Uh, it's just like, I feel like I'm missing obvious ones, but maybe I'm not. Like see, mine are going to be really. I, I, I think, yeah, I think Thelma and Louise would be in mine. My top three. So, all right, my top three, not including those, are Black Rain, Thelma and Louise, sure, and The Martian. Oh fuck no! Yeah, The Martian. Take um. Black Hawk Down out, put the Martian in. Yeah, good job. With the exception of Alien and Blade Runner, I would say the Martian would be. I think is his best. Is is my best film apart from those. Yeah, probably Martian, Black Rain, and Legend. Good job. Yeah. Um. Yep. So that was it. What we're covering next week here. Uh, Wonka. He's he's a cheeky little lad. He's gonna make some chocolate. I'm, I'm just looking um, forward to it. Uh, also, film I'm looking forward to us discussing: Todd Haynes's new one, May December. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward um, to that. Yep, and uh, leave the world behind. We we yeah, doing yeah, that? Yeah. Cool. Yep. So there we are. Yeah. Good. Good. Uh, good few to uh, get our teeth into next week I'd yeah. say right well that all I need to say is if I can say it <laughs> is thank you very much Rebecca thanks Mark thank you very much Ian thank you Mark thank you very much <laughs> listeners bye 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 oh I enjoyed that good I'm out of sorts <laughs> and I'm fucking tired what a day. Right. Uh, enjoy food. Bye.